most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones? Yes, sir. Why are you wrapped up in a blanket? Because you keep trying to freeze me today with all these stupid ceiling fans. Is that a correct statement or an incorrect it, it's statement? It's absolutely correct. It is so hot today. What was the temperature outside? I think ceiling fans are of the devil. <sighs> I think we need to remove all ceiling fans out of our house. I want a ceiling fan in our bedroom. No, sir. I love it. Not going to happen. I like the noise. It's nope. just an instant way of getting cold. Can I ask you a question? You also said you wanted a chandelier in our bedroom. Are you thinking a chandelier with a fan attached to it? I'm thinking, let's put the chandelier in the master bathroom and then put a fan above our bed. Mm, negatory, good buddy. You love it. You I also love it. the noise. Nope. Uh, our son, MJ, who's four, has a white noise machine. He does. In his bedroom. And he likes it. Well, <laughs> tonight he said to me, wait, is my sound machine on? And it's clearly going... <laughs> You know, just definitely. But he's tuned it out. He can't hear if it's on or off. Which is terrifying. I actually think I need to take him back to the doctors. He's coughing horribly. And he keeps, when I say stuff, he goes, what? What? Maybe his ears were all gunked up. Yeah. I think we need to. My tubes are a little bit clogged too. Okay. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you just cut me off because I started talking about my medical maladies? Yes. Okay, folks, I love my wife. Yeah. And and there's so many things that she's so good at in being a wife. Thanks, darling. But one of the things she utterly sucks at is showing <gasps> any compassion to her husband. That is not true. I came in and checked on you on a regular basis you for think days in a all row. all men are wimps. Yes. <laughs> I do. And that... It's medically proven. Therein lies the problem. Ask any wife. <laughs> Was I sick this week? You were sick. How sick? The same amount of sickness that Tia was. <laughs> you know, sweet little Tia who didn't complain, just ate a couple popsicles and laid on the couch. <laughs> no, you were sick. You were legit sick. I had the flu. Yes. The flu does not mess around. No. I don't think I've ever had the flu. I, I've had a stomach flu. Really? Yeah, I had a stomach flu back when I was a teacher, but I don't think I've ever had the flu. That thing was a beast. It was. So I started getting sick before my family arrived last weekend. And I just thought I was just run down. That, that's all I thought it was. Okay. I, I, I don't think it was anything, you know, major. But basically they left on Monday and, and you I just, just tanked. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up Tuesday and just thought, I can probably get out of bed, but I have to cancel all my meetings. Yeah. I'll try working from home. And then you spent Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in bed. Well, Wednesday. With a fever. I, Wednesday I couldn't wake up. Uh, Wednesday was horrible. Yeah. I had a fever, yeah, all day, and I just slept in 20-minute increments. Yeah. And I try to be a good patient. Mm-hmm. It just, audience, <laughs> if you could see her, she's making faces while remaining silent. I not faces at you, you at all. What was the one thing you refused to do for me? Buy you sugary drinks. Nope. Buy me Ribena. Ribena is a drink that is just dye and sugar. Ribena is a gift from the heavenlies. It isn't. It's horrible. Are you aware that as soon as you bought me Ribena and I started drinking it, I got better? That is not at all <laughs> true. Absolutely oh my the gosh. Truth. You were already getting better by the time I bought the Ribena. Uh, incorrect. Okay. Think about how much faster I would have got over this if you okay. just got me. Maybe you could go online and look for some clips about how Ribena makes you better. That's, you know, actually. Proven and uh, for the unenlightened, 
Ribena is a black currant concentrate. We should put that in quotation marks. Black currant. That I grew up with. I'm pretty sure no sort of black currant ever ended up in All people juice. who were raised in Britain mm. remember that you would drink Ribena either in the summer as a special. Ooh, it's summer. Let's have a nice <laughs> summery drink. <laughs> or when you were deathly sick, you would drink warm Ribena if you had a cold or you would drink Cancer ice cold patients. Ribena. They feed them Ribena. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's nectar. Yeah. And you refused to buy me. In fact, I had to leave you highly manipulative notes around the house. Well, that's actually not why I bought you it. You know, not to bring my mother into this. Oh, dear. But <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> the the thing I miss most about my mom yeah. is that when I was sick, she was amazing at just being Florence Nightingale. Oh, chicken. Oh, let me bring you a wash You are off. the anti-Florence Nightingale. Oh, <laughs> thanks, babe. You're just like, nah. Suck up. That's not true. I made you soup and you're like, meh, I don't want soup. And I'd be like, hey, babe, do you want some of this? No, I just want a cracker. (laughs) (laughs) So you weren't exactly like the easiest person to take care of. You know what? Right now, I'm not sure I can continue this podcast. My little heart is feeling so hurt. I'm sorry. I was a brave little soldier. You, You were a very brave little soldier. In all seriousness, I did not get out of bed till Saturday. Yes, it's true. The thing wiped me out. The funny thing was on Friday, I remember waking up Friday thinking, man, I have a ton of energy. And I thought I had a ton of energy until I tried to use any of it. And then (laughs) then you'd like almost fall over. It was a mirage. It was very funny. Well, my right ear tube canal thing is totally blocked. So it felt like there was a giant magnet that was constantly pulling me to my right and I I would fall over a lot. Anyway. I should have videoed it. It was kind of cute. Clearly, you don't care to hear tales of my uh woes survival oh survival so given my whole week involved being in bed fighting for my life what was your week like uh my week involved apparently doing a horrible job of taking care of you while taking care of the children check and uh then not not much i mean there was two storms this week wasn't there there were not there were non-events there's two storms I fully trust, if you live in Nashville and you don't follow Nashville severe weather on Twitter, I doubt you live in Nashville. Okay. <laughs> These guys are the greatest. I love them to pieces. They're they, really good, yeah. They're superb. It's a group of um, amateur and maybe professional meteorologists who are superb at reading multiple sources of weather forecast data and giving you their considered opinion. And historically, they're... They're amazing. And and what I say next is no no dampener on my confidence in them whatsoever. But on Monday, Monday morning about 8 a.m., they said, you know, things are looking pretty scary. And, you know, weather's notoriously difficult to, to accurately forecast for a variety of reasons. Right. But, you know, they're not melodramatic people at all, but they were indicating, hey, it's going to be pretty scary. And so we're left with this awkward thing of if... The weather does get crazy. Us cancelling Emony is unfortunately one of the safest and wisest things we can do. We don't want people right. on the roads um, in horrendous downpour because when when there is a storm, it's pretty severe. There wasn't really a risk of tornadoes. There was a risk of hail, hail, heavy rains, and thunderstorms warning. Right. And so I tweeted out to them, "Hey, you know, what do you think about tonight?" And they were like, ah, it really depends on, you don't want your people on the roads when the weather comes. And it, 
you know, we just kind of watched it and about midday made a call. And the reason we do that is if we cancel, we need to give as many people as much notice as possible. Yeah. If we wait until five or something, we might as well just try and pull off the service and see who comes. Right. And the other thing is, even if it's not bad weather, most people are like us watching. And if it looks like it's going to be bad weather, history has told us that even when we run it, a lot of they people don't stay come. home. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny. It, if you drive around Nashville, I mean, people seem to be terrified of moisture. So, you know, rain or snow or whatever, uh, people drive very, very uh, timidly. Right. So, and in truth, that storm between six thirty and seven, it was chucking it down. I wouldn't want to have been driving in that. Right. Anyway, we we made a decision to call it. I later re- regretted cancelling it because I think we could have had it. But truth is, I was sick anyway. You were. You and were sick. Been able to minister. You, you sounded super croaky. Yeah, but cute. I, was like, I can do it. I can do it. I'm gonna go teach Germany. I had a killer message too. Well, there'll be other Mondays. Yeah, okay. And then Thursday had nothing to do with us, but the whole uh, school system said, hey, we're going to let the kids out early around lunchtime, wasn't it? Yeah, Davidson completely canceled school for the day. We got the kids at one and uh, brought the kids home. And yeah, it was was pretty much a non-event. There was some rain, but nothing impressive. And unfortunately, you know, Nashville severe weather, and some other people got a, a beating for it, which is ridiculous because they're amazing. So that was the most exciting thing with the weather. Uh, other than that, I beat my high score at bowling on Friday night. Thank you. Thank you very much. My new high score. Ready? Are you ready for it? Can I have a drum roll? No. Oh. If you got me a Ribena, sure. I did get you Ribena. Okay. Well, I'll get you a drum roll with the same haste <laughs> that you got me Ribena. Forgiveness forgiveness um my new high score is 85 i don't know if that's good or bad well 300 is a perfect game so it it's not really good (laughs) right but it's better than my previous high score which was 64 of course i bowl with either hand because it doesn't seem to really make a difference uh which hand i throw with i pretty much get the same sort of score try using both and see if that improves things Ooh, very good yes we went out and we uh celebrated aline my sweet friend and a group of us went and did one of those progressive dinners. So we had appetizers one place and dinner somewhere else and then dessert somewhere else. And then we went bowling. It was fun. Wonderful. Yeah. That must've been a nice treat out after you've looked after a sick husband all week. Apparently I didn't look after a sick husband all week. Apparently I just tortured you or something. You know what, baby, if the shoe fits. (laughs) Well, our main topic for this week is not a topic. It's a person. It is, and we're so excited to introduce her to you. Woo-hoo. Jessie is easily one of our favorite worship leaders in the whole wide world. Easily. N- easily. No sense of hyperbole. No sense of exaggeration. Nope. Voice of an angel. Voice of a thousand angels. Right there. <laughs> so what do you do to get your voice sound so good? Do you just gargle with castor oil? Do you eat baby angels? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> I literally don't do anything. Not only are you one of our favorite worship leaders, but you're also the person that wrote the jingle that everybody just listened to at the start of this podcast. <laughs> so we love you for a, a number of reasons. Incredible worship leader, accomplished podcast jingle writer, <laughs> and the voice of an angel. How did you get into leading worship? I'm trying to think. My parents are both musicians. I grew up in like a very musical household and um we 
when I was little, my family was Church of Christ. And so my parents moved to Nashville and um, my mom actually started leading worship at our church, which was um, really amazing. And I guess I probably started, I mean, I've been singing since I was tiny. (laughs) I like walked out singing. Like I used to sing in the doctor's office and like in the waiting area, like singing at the top of my lungs. I think I started leading worship (laughs) (laughs) probably, um, I guess probably when I was a teenager in youth group, um, we had a really amazing kind of like worship coordinator for our youth group that was just all about like, you can sing, you're going to do it. You can play guitar, you're going to play guitar. Like just very like encouraging. So I guess that's kind of when I So potentially your most anxiety ridden (laughs) season of life. Yeah. (laughs) You decide to stand up in front of people and do something incredibly vulnerable. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) And did you learn to play piano when you were a kid as well? Yeah, when I was a kid, my mom plays piano. And so I just, and my dad plays guitar. I mean, our, like I grew up like sleeping on like in like a sleeping bag with like a portable like TV like in the studio while my parents were working and we had a studio in our house so it was just like <laughs> I probably couldn't have escaped it if I wanted to. <laughs> so <laughs> like, your parents are professional musicians mm-hmm. that's all you've ever known growing up and so you come by it honestly. Yeah I, I kind of can't help it. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty cool. We're, we're glad you can. When did you end up at Gray Center? Or how did you end up at Gray Center? So I started coming to Gray Center. I was actually at school in North Carolina and I would come home on like my school breaks and a bunch of my friends who were still living here, like in Nashville, were like, hey, you need to come with us to this thing at Gray Center. And I had come to Gray Center when I was like, I would come to the youth group every once in a while when I was like probably like 15, 14, 15, 16. Um, just cause even when I was a teenager, the Holy spirit was just like so strong at Grace Center. And I would, I mean, I would come even, even as a teenager. So, um, fast forward, I'm in college, I'm coming home on my breaks and start going to emanate just like whenever I'm home, um, with my friends and you guys were there and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Grace Center has this incredible, like young adult ministry and it's so awesome. And I mean, the Holy spirit was just as like strong as it ever was. And you, you were know? super comfortable with all the Holy spirit stuff, even though you grew up church of Christ. So I guess the church that I, that we ended up at, um, was very like charismatic. So there was like a lot of Holy spirit. Like I remember before, I just remember like, even at like kids camp when I was probably like eight getting like, <laughs> Like falling out in the Holy Spirit, like wow. at kids camp. So, so cool. Come on. I feel like the Holy Spirit was like the first person, I like, guess, I encountered. Wow. You know what I mean? So I don't know. So you felt comfortable. So you yeah. were freaked out with yeah. No, 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 no. And how did you end up leading an MA then? <laughs> so I moved back to Nashville from um from being at college in North Carolina. I moved back to Nashville. Um and Aaron, <laughs> my now husband, also moved to Nashville. Smart man. At that yeah. time. He knew what he was doing. And he and I, we had sort of like just started dating. And so we started going to emanate all the time. Um, he it was pretty funny. I came, 
we were hanging out one day and he was like, Hey, did you hear that they're doing like worship tryouts for, (laughs) for the worship team at Grace Center? And I was like, Oh, that's cool. He was like, I'm going to go. And I was like, should I go? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's awesome. He pretty much like dragged me to worship tryouts. Like I was sort of like, I don't know. Like they already have a lot of people. Like, I don't know. Like, do I need to go try out? Like, I don't know. I, so anyway, so Aaron like drags me to worship tryouts basically. And I show up, um, it was so funny. Me and Aaron and Josh Parsons and maybe Trent, we all like tried at the same time. At the same time. So funny. And, um, you know, at Grace Center, you'd kind of do an encounter weekend before you serve in any area. Right. So the tryouts were like right before the encounter weekend. So I was going on the encounter weekend the next weekend and whoever was supposed to be leading worship on our encounter weekend got sick. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up leading worship. Someone was like, maybe it was you guys were like, Hey, um, I think it might have been. I think it might have been. Actually, there's there's a girl named Jessie coming. Ask uh, her. Would, would you be able to lead worship on this encounter weekend? So that's kind of how it all. That's wow. how it all started. So it's so funny that Josh Parsons, one of our worship and creative arts pastors, now auditioned. I mean, if you think about the caliber of the people who auditioned, right? Like you know, you right. and Trent and Aaron and Josh. And so, for our listeners, if you ever watch Grace Center live stream, there's a good chance that you're seeing those four people. <laughs> those four, you know, <laughs> some of the most prominent players on our worship team who are playing regularly were people who tried out. And you know, I what I love is. Obviously, you guys are so ridiculously talented. I mean, you live in Nashville. Everybody, you know, it's fair to say everybody in Nashville is at a certain level musically. Oh, yeah. And and yet you guys humbled yourselves and came and tried out. <laughs> I, just think I, actually, I actually remember being there because I sat there and listened to everybody during the tryouts I remember we came. and just being really excited. But that's the thing, that whole flowing with the Holy Spirit. I've been at Grace Center for nine years. Yeah. Wow. Nine years. And I am in awe almost every Sunday at how a group of separate musicians can flow so well with the Holy Spirit at the same time without any seeming communication. How does that magic work? Like, seriously, I know that, I obviously I can see you guys do hand signals about where you're going to go next verse and here's a bridge. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when... The Holy Spirit hits and we go into those long, extended, spontaneous parts. How does everybody know where to go or what you're doing? And how do you know if what you're doing is going to end up well? Or do I just think incredibly left-brained and that's not how it works in the moment? I think some of it is, you know, music, I guess. I don't know. I think that there's kind of a certain point in worship where you could where you get to kind of a place and then you get to kind of like jump off. You get to kind of like jump off the ledge into this thing of like uncharted territory. I'm really fascinated by this idea of like, you know, we can all kind of like go through and like sing the song and blah, blah, blah. But then we get to this place that's sort of like uncharted territory. And it's sort of like a risk for everyone. (laughs) And thankfully our church is very comfortable with being in uncharted territory, which um, a lot of places aren't. 
So when you go into those mm-hmm. moments of spontaneous worship, do you feel like you know where it's going or you're just like, I don't know, here we go. And you just sort of do your best to do the next note that comes after the one that you just did. And, and you're all sort of doing that. So I think a lot of it is trusting each other, like mm-hmm. as a band, like really trusting each other. And our band is like, I mean, our worship department has just like cultivated a space where we can all really like trust each other in those moments. And so a lot of the time I don't know if it's going to work, you know, or I don't know if like work is the right word right. maybe, but like a lot you don't of the know time where you're going. I'm like, I'm not necessarily sure where I'm going. It's sort of like, um, like in the, like when you guys teach on the prophetic and you talk about like the tissue box, mm-hmm. like you sort of pull out right. one tissue And then like when you pull out the first tissue, then like the next tissue comes out of the tissue box. And for me, a lot of the time it feels like that. Like I might have just like the first thing. Like a refrain. Yeah. Like a refrain or or like chorus or. Yeah. Um, A lot of the time it just feels like pulling the tissue out of the, the first tissue out of the tissue box. And then it kind of goes from there. (laughs) That makes sense. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Like it always fascinates me. I love, I've always loved being around experts in their field and asking them to make their thinking visible (laughs) because it's almost universally they have the same reaction as you do where they're like, ha, that, well, that's, you know, that's interesting. It's like, you know, if you ask a chef, well, how did you know how much oregano to add there? And they're like, "Mm, I don't, you know, I I don't know. Like when I'd be around prophets, I said, well, how did you know that? Most of them are like, I just did. And I guess as a teacher, I'm always interested in Mm -hmm. breaking it down so it can be reproducible. And yeah, I love, I love your answer. I think also the, the, (laughs) the environment that Jeff and Becky and our leaders, you know, Josh and Sarah and, and, you know, Chris before them have just created this incredible environment of freedom where people can can see what's on the other side of, I wonder what happens if. Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of it for me has been about being patient, like just being really patient of like, you know, our services have kind of like a structure, you know, but um, thankfully, I mean, our leadership is just so amazing that they've just created that space and that, um, I remember the first the first Sunday that Aaron and I played, we, Jeff came back into the green room and was just like, hey, just lo- looked at both of us and was like, hey, I just wanted to tell you guys that there's no ceiling here. <laughs> it was like amazing. He was like, I just felt like I wanted to tell you that like anyone who, if you had felt like anyone had sort of put a ceiling on you or on your gift or on like, you know, what you carried, like, I just want to like take that off right now that there's no ceiling here. And, um, you know, that's like, that was like my first experience (laughs) as, you know, being a part of the worship team in a service on a Sunday and having Jeff come up and say that was just like the most I mean, the most like liberating thing. So I think that... This is your senior pastor who's met you for the first time after you've led worship yeah. once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Has come up and just... That sounds like Jeff. Like, read my mail. 
Um, but that, I feel like that really set the tone, you know, that really set the tone for what the last several years in worship have looked like for me, like that there's no ceiling. And, you know, those times where I start to kind of feel like, Ooh, what if I'm doing this? What if I'm not going to meet the right time? That's all just like, I don't know when like performance kind of starts to creep in. Like, what if I'm not doing a good job? What if I'm not doing good enough? What if I haven't picked the right songs? Then I just kind of like stop. And I just, I really remember, I can like just remember that moment of like, there's no ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like there's no. Right. And you get to be you and (laughs) worship in front of, you know, your God. Yeah. And the worst thing that could happen is that if I wasn't myself, maybe everyone in our worship department, in our leadership has just so encouraged me just to be myself. And that has been the most like, (laughs) it's like journeying with the Lord. That's been like the, maybe, I don't know. It produces the best fruit. Yeah. When when we are who we're supposed to be. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you're not who you're supposed to be, then you're giving a fake gift, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I think one of the most memorable times for me personally in worship was I don't, it must have been after the Moore Conference. Maybe it was the Monday night after the Moore Conference. It was you and you were leading and Chris McClarney and Luke Finch were also leading. I think the three of you were leading. And we went into that extended time where it was just tongues and you started singing like an octave higher than you normally would. And the glory of God just came down into the room and it was just unbelievable i was just like this people were on the floor everywhere stop it was amazing <laughs> and i remember at the end saying to our to our sound guy at the time marcus i said marcus i please tell me that that was recorded and it and it was and we put it on the internet and it broke the internet server that we had it on <laughs> and i think i've called it glory dot mp3 is what it was oh yeah the ooze and the ahs do you remember that oh yeah uh, David Campbell had spoke that night. That's right. And what was really funny was it was kind of, it was like the last session or something. It might've, I feel like it might've been emanated or something. It was like the last session. And I just remember I was so tired. I was like, I'm just going to go. I was like, I'm pretty much just going to go home. Cause right. that moment sort of happened after whoever had spoken. And it was so funny because I was literally, I think I probably like had my keys in my hand. Like I was about to leave and I feel like maybe you grabbed me and you're like, Hey, can you just go up there and like, just sing with them or something? And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. I, <can't. laughs> I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. So it was so funny because it ended up being like, I'm so glad that I stayed. It's you know? still my favorite thing to listen to. <laughs> like it's, I, I listen to it several times a week when I'm having my God time. Oh. I listen to that track and I get hit by the Holy Spirit every single oh, time. It, it's the thing that I'm, <laughs> I'm usually preparing all my messages to. That's it's, so it amazing. is my go-to soaking. Me. The only thing that's so annoying amazing. is I interrupt it halfway through with a prayer <laughs> and I'm like, shut up Jones. <laughs> and then, but it's kind of a nice interlude because when you come back into it on the second part of it for those of you who don't have a clue what i'm talking about i'll find it i'll find a link post it in the show notes and you can download and we can it break another it. server <laughs> <laughs> let's do it break the server but it was amazing and was it as amazing for you in the moment or were you aware because it felt like and i don't want to make too strong a point here but it felt like that that began to define 
part of your sound. And I feel like whenever you sing that octave higher than it seems even feasible for your range, <laughs> that something happens. And and you can't put two and two together. It's not a, it's not a formula. But is that have I just made that up, or does that sound like that's true to you? No, I I think that's definitely true. What was so funny was like in that moment, I remember which this has only happened to me like a couple of times. I remember sort of like in, this is going to sound so weird, but I remember seeing the note. Like I remember seeing where, oh, wow, like it would be like, oh, I should go here. Oh, I should go here. Oh, it should go here, which doesn't really happen right. that much. And which was like kind of weird. It's kind of like prophets where they're like, oh yeah. And then I saw the, this, right. and I, it was really weird. It was like, I saw the note right? <laughs> and it was, you know, in the moment I was so glad that I stayed. Cause I was like, this is incredible. And I, you know, it was just as powerful, you Up know, there. for me as I think it was for everyone else, which, you know, was really cool. And it was all spontaneous. Wasn't it was a hundred percent spontaneous. And I think that did kind of, sort of define a lot of, I guess, yeah. In, in, it's not your go-to move. It's not your mm-hmm. like, ah, nothing's happening. I think I'll sing an octave higher and watch the anointing come. That's not what I'm saying. But th- there, I felt like that you were, there was a difference in you after that moment than there was before in leading worship. And I, I don't know if that's too strong a point to make or not, but... That was my observation, and I was wondering if, if you felt the same. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely felt there was, it's kind of funny, I think around the same time there was a night at Emanate where Cole Johnson was leading and I was leading. I was just like thinking about somebody that. Somebody else was yeah. leading. I ended up, there was this one night at Emanate that a few of us were leading, we didn't know what to do, and you ended up coming up like on the, it was so, it was just so funny. It was like the most like, teacher thing ever because you Alan you like came up onto the stage and you were like okay so then what if you went like high like what if you sang higher and then like what if you sang higher but then like no 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 now sing higher but then sing kind of like this and then and for a lot of people that you know as I'm saying that it it wasn't controlling at all it was like we were all sort of like in this moment, sort of like exploring right. together. And that night I ended up, I I wonder if we could still find the stream because I was horizontal on the floor and it was just like my feet sticking out from behind the floor monitor on the that. stream. <laughs> and I was like holding this microphone, like singing on the floor. Everybody was just like out. out. It was yeah. like, let the bodies hit the floor because right. they did. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> so I think that for me, honestly, was that probably came out of that moment of just like kind of being able to work together right, mm-hmm. and explore what the Holy Spirit was doing. That I mean, that night for me, that changed, that night changed like everything for me. And if we hadn't had that night, then I probably wouldn't, that other, the glory soundtrack night probably wouldn't have happened. But then again, I think that harks back to your humility, Jesse, that, you know, I am not a musician, and here you are taking musical cues from your pastor who, do, do, do you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. And I see you do that Sunday. I, I watched Josh and Sarah do that with Jeff as Jeff's like, I think we should do this. And, you know, I watch our worship leaders navigate this thing. And I just think it's amazing watching you guys flow like that. 
And I think it's a credit to you as this completely humble person who's not precious about their their gift at all. Because I know other worship leaders who'd be like, actually, I've got this. Thank you. Yeah. You're not doing that. Hey, I've been singing since I was two in a doctor's office. I'll have you right. know. <laughs> but honestly, like, you know, you're not like, oh, seriously, do I interrupt your sermon with the verse that you should say next? Well, then don't come and tell me what I should, you know, and I, I, I think that's part of the ingredient that makes worship at Grace Center so wonderful and utterly amazing. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember when Chris was on your podcast. McClarney? Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about, you know, just kind of like along the lines of being humble and like taking advice. And he was sort of talking about like, he was saying like the decisions that I made as a dad, the decisions that I made like to be a better dad and like to be a better husband, you know, are... That those are the decisions that have affected his, I guess, like quote unquote anointing. Like it right. hasn't been anything about like M- musical, him. yeah, decisions musical or whatever. decisions. It's like character decisions. Yeah, like I, character decisions. I remember Jeff interviewing a great man of God, and Jeff asked him, "When did you see the anointing increase on in your life?" And this man of God said, "When I treated my wife with respect." Oh, okay, oh, amazing. <laughs> so just. Just even as we're talking about worship, I was thinking about, uh, and I texted you after I heard it, um, but I watched the TV show Nashville, and it's so (laughs) funny because I'm not into particularly dramatic whatever, but because, you know, when it first started, we had a friend who was on it for a couple of shows. I started watching it and uh, fell in love with one of the characters and just really liked that storyline, and so I just sort of kept watching it. Of course, they've just killed that person off, but I'm watching this show and uh, uh, all of a sudden, and and I knew, because I think you had Instagrammed about it, that you were singing on this episode, but I didn't really register that, but I'm literally watching it and all of a sudden, I'm not joking, I feel the anointing in my living room and I realize you're singing. I'm not kidding. It was amazing. Um, I don't know if we can post a link to the song that she sang. Of course we can. Well, first of all, they kept the whole song in, which I was like, wow, that's amazing. Oh yeah. I was not expecting that. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's just basically you singing for like five minutes while they show, you know, stuff in the back. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) But seriously, I just kept thinking anybody watching this show right now is feeling the anointing, whether they can realize what it is or not. is something else, but there's going to be something that stirs in them as a result of that. And I just thought that's so super cool of God. How does a worship leader end up singing a song on a hit TV show? Hit TV show. (laughs) Explain that part. Well, (laughs) what most people don't know is that I'm actually spending like the majority of like my Monday to Friday writing. Um, So I, (laughs) a lot of people don't know. I write a lot for film and TV stuff. Um, for placement. Um, Explain that to people who don't understand what that phrase means. <laughs> so um, all of the songs that you hear in like ads in like TV shows, like I'm trying to think like, yeah. So if you're, if you're watching an ad and you hear a song in the background, if you're watching like um, like a trailer for a movie and there's like a song in the trailer, or if you're, you know, watching a TV show and you know, there's the season finale with like the big song. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I've actually been writing for for the last couple of years um, with, you know, specifically like with kind of like a husband and wife couple. And we've been um, 
writing for that. We have like our own little like we decided to make like a little band that we called Bien and that's kind of our stuff that's you know that we're pitching all the time for film and TV. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me because yeah. I had always wondered what Bien was. <laughs> that's Bien because it's because obviously the new EP which we're going to talk about is under your name. So I was like, I thought Bien was what you guys were. Okay, I got oh, it. Oh yeah. Now. Okay, good. So um, we had kind of started Bien. It had sort of just like evolved out of us writing all the time and. Um, so it's really fun to kind of have like a little side project that's like a collection of like these really fun like pop songs um, kind of like out in the world. So aside from being on Nashville, where else would have we have heard you on TV but not realize? Um, Didn't you do something for small little jewelers? <laughs> I forget their name. Oh, they're tiny, tiny uh, jewelers. The biggest thing that I've had so far is probably for Tiffany's. I had a Tiffany's Christmas ad. Um, so cool a couple years ago and um just then like a couple other like smaller things like a lot of abc family shows and um a couple mtv shows and that's amazing that's really cool (laughs) that's amazing i love it so you have a bunch of projects you're a worship leader you're a singer songwriter you're doing all this stuff with bn for uh tv and movie placement and you just released an ep yesterday which Yay. is amazing. Talk Yay. talk to us about the whole EP Wild Honey, which by the way, I I was listening to it and I thought, man, this has an amazing eighties pop feel to it, which is weird because were you even alive in the eighties? <laughs> yeah, were you? <laughs> I just missed it. <laughs> way to, way to make me feel old. So talk about the album and, and it does have an absolute eighties pop feel to it. How did you decide on that? Um well as I mentioned earlier both of my parents are musicians and so I mean I grew up just surrounded by incredible music and incredible songs they're both just amazing songwriters and um so you know we were always just listening to music and you know a lot of the music that we were listening to like I remember my dad giving me Paul Simon's Graceland which I love Graceland. It's one of my favorite albums. AJ and I both love yes. Graceland when, so When we're much. on a road trip, it's all she wants to listen to. It's that and Peter too. Gabriel. It's, I mean, why would yes. you want to listen to anything else? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love Peter Gabriel. I love Paul Simon. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I grew up... Me and AJ just need to, like, yep. road drive trip. to California. Oh, yeah, and we're going to listen to Paul Simon on Absolutely. repeat. <laughs> um, so I just grew up listening to like Paul Simon, uh, Fleetwood Mac, like Tom Petty. Nice. My dad is like obsessed with Tom Petty. Um, I'm trying to even think what else. I mean, Bruce Springsteen, there's, there's so much weird. I just grew up like surrounded by this, like just incredible music because that was just the environment that my parents really like cultivated in our house. Um, so that was like a lot of the stuff that really kind of inspired the production and um production wise I also really wanted to just like explore a lot of stuff I didn't really feel like people were doing um like I felt like people were really exploring like the synths like a lot of synths and all this stuff but um I wanted to bring back like guitar solos and (laughs) really (laughs) arrange like background vocals and like drum machines and all this stuff so um that was some of the stuff that really like production wise really inspired me. And, um, the other thing that I think kind of like the spirit behind it was Aaron and I watch a lot, 
like on repeat, we will watch these old YouTube videos of Rich Mullins. Oh, like, wow. I love Rich Mullins. <laughs> we are like avid Rich Mullins fans and we will just like watch these videos of him just like playing and singing. And there is like such a spirit to yeah. them. That's yeah. just like this really sweet, sweet spirit. Um, and like, even like Peter Gabriel just has this like incredible spirit. And I love just like these pop artists that are, you know, I know Rich Mullins was like worship stuff, but really fascinated by like pop artists who are like really incorporating all of this sort of like spiritual stuff into yeah. their lyrics. And yeah. um, if you listen to the lyrics, that's, you'll really hear a lot of that. Speaking of which... I wrote down one of my favorite lyrics from one of my favorite tracks, Holy Ghost. This line here, if you can raise Lazarus up from the dead, surely you can raise up the cynical graves in my head. So good. You're one of the least (laughs) cynical people I know. But that's true. Is that because God's raised up the cynical graves? Maybe, I don't know. I try. It's hard. It's hard to not be cynical. Isn't it? And like being married, like it's hard to not be critical and yep. cynical and negative and that's the real work of, of marriage that, right that is there. like the real <laughs> the real work um so talk us through the process of the new album how long did it take and what do you start with do you start with melody do you start with lyrics do, is everything different so a little backstory i hadn't written a song this whole thing has taken probably about like three, three and a half years. Wow. And um, I hadn't written a song in probably like a year and a half, maybe like two years before this whole process sort of started. And um, I had sort of felt, you know, in this time of like not really having written a song, I felt like the Lord was like, hey, what if you made a worship album? And I was like, what if I didn't? And he was like, what if you did? And I was like, what if I didn't? <laughs> he was like, what if you did? <laughs> I was like, but what if I didn't? And is that and, just um, fear? Well, I think it was, I was like, I don't, I mean, I hope no one gets mad at me for saying this. I was like, I don't really like Christian music. Like, I don't really, this isn't what's like inspired. You know, I'm inspired by all this other stuff over here and, um, I think I was really scared that if the Lord was like inviting me to that, that it was going to have to look a certain way right? Right. and sound a certain way and all this stuff. And I, and Shannon McLaird, bless Shannon McLaird. She's was like, awesome. Hey, what if it doesn't look like you think it's going to look like? And I was like that I could work with. So I think a little begrudgingly, I was like, okay, Lord, like we could, we can do this. And, um, around that same time, John Engelman, sweet John Engelman gave me just a word one night that was like, Hey, so I feel like you think you're in a desert, but the Lord is actually saying that that desert is a riverbed. Cause you know, like a desert and a riverbed mm-hmm. look really similar. And, mm-hmm. you know, the point of the word was sort of like, this thing that you think like the areas of your life that are looking really desolate and looking like you're not sure what's going to happen, that those like that there's a river that's about to like start running through that. And um, around that time, Aaron and I had just gotten married and we had just been going through a lot, you know, 
you get married and you go through a <laughs> lot. <laughs> and um, we had both sort of like separately been having some different things going on. We had a lot of stuff just going on in our personal lives by the time we got married. And um, during this season, we were both sort of like, you know, Lord, we feel like you gave us this dream. We feel like you've given us like these creative like pursuits to like go after. And like at the same time, like, where are you? Like, why aren't ends meeting? Why aren't, why isn't like any of this coming through? So it was sort of like, for me, I was totally experienced, you know, not having written a song in forever. It was sort of like, I was experiencing a lot of my life looking like that kind of desert. And so, you know, this whole idea of like, wild honey you know there's that story of john the baptist in the bible and he eats like bugs and wild honey in the Mm -hmm. desert and for me wild honey was sort of just like the symbol of like provision in my life that like i knew that the lord was like (laughs) gonna bring even though like a lot of it didn't seem like it was working (laughs) at the time that's amazing Um, i'm trying to think so and after that the songs just started the songs just started coming like the first song that I wrote out of that was restless heart, which is like crazy to think that like after not having written for really like a year and a half, two years, restless hearts, like the first thing that comes out, which is like really amazing. And I wrote it pretty much in like one sitting, which I like never do production wise. Everything kind of started with, so I'm totally obsessed with my iPad and GarageBand. Everything started with like these little GarageBand demos that I would just like sit and make in my living room. Like I was like tapping out all the beats. Like a lot of the BGVs that are the background vocals that are still in there are like iPad background vocals. Like wow. a lot of like the shakers and like these little like percussive things. Some of the synths are like GarageBand synths that have like been there from when I started writing these songs. So, wow, that's you know, amazing. We tried to like keep a lot of that and keep like the integrity of like kind of like the magic of those like original, right? Original demos. You could totally get a feel for that as well. Yeah. One of the things I think that probably nobody would ever n- know this because they never get to see the inside of one of those garage button files. I remember one day you sent me some, um, sent me some files and I opened up. And I was amazed that it was like 10 layers of vocals that you oh, tracked yeah. <laughs> yourself 10 or 11 times and then layered them and you'd like manually made your own vocoder. And I was oh, like, God. this is amazing. <laughs> and all these little awesome. harmonies and, you know, pitch shifts and uh, and it was just uh, amazing. <laughs> and, and then I couldn't also believe that you'd sang into the iPad, like you just used the iPad microphone. It sounds amazing. It seriously sounds incredible. Like... I'm like, Apple, please don't change the iPad to like once, you know, in 10 years, I'm going to like still be trying to figure out a way to use my like outdated (laughs) iPad because it sounds so good. That's awesome. (laughs) So Jesse, when you reflect on the last couple of years of your life, how would you encourage uh, other people or what would you encourage artists to do to get ready to be able to walk into the thing that they have next? Because surely you, you felt like quitting or the project had grown stagnant or is this ever going to actually work? I mean, three and a half years is a long time. So how would you encourage other creative professionals, just like AJ was saying? So I think like in the middle of all of these kind of like things that we were pursuing, like creatively, we also just, 
we took at some points what seemed what might like seem from the outside like a step backwards like um last year we did the school so do the school yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know for us it was sort of like oh we have like all these things and we want to go and we want to do all this like creative stuff and there was like really an invitation from the Lord to do the school at what for us looked like a very inopportune time. Right. Um, but I think when you give up your time to the Lord, when you, you know, if, if there's something that the Lord is asking you to give to him, like do it. Right. (laughs) And you'll see like the fruit on the, on the other side. Like I think because we, you know, gave a year to the Lord, which looked like giving like three days a week right. when we had, we were like, you know, we have this project. We want to get out. We want to do all this. We want right. to do all this. And, and, I think, and you spent several thousand dollars oh, coming yeah. to the school. For sure. Which you could have spent <laughs> on your EP. Yeah. <laughs> and so. It's totally backwards. The whole like kingdom is backwards. The whole it? kingdom is 100% backwards. But it was like, because we gave like our I think a lot of, you know, I think like a lot of the fruit that we're seeing right now is because of, you know, kind of like sacrificing our time and our money and right. our hearts to the Lord. And, you know, we're just seeing like an incredible return on that, you know, not just creatively, but like in our marriage, in our lives, in our relationships, you know, in our community, you know, the just like the fruit of following the Lord has just been more than we could have imagined, you know. That's so good to hear. Love it. We love the school and yeah. we love teach people in the school, but we love when... When, when people can identify after yes. the fact, oh my gosh, this was a game changer. It's super encouraging, isn't it? Because you're oh, yeah. right. It must have seemed like a detour. Oh, 100%. Sure. We were like, we have a project coming out. We're going to go on the road. We're going to like do all of this and this and this and... It was like, Lord, what? (laughs) But like, it was like the best decision that we could have like, that we could have made probably. So I know this is probably like you asking me, what's your favorite child? But uh, what's your favorite track on the EP? Oh, that's so hard. Right? (laughs) It's so hard. Um, I mean, it's probably, there's like, three that are a close tie. Okay. Tell us the probably three like number tie. one would be restless heart just because, um, I don't know. <laughs> it was the first one. <laughs> out the, of the it gate. was like the first one out of the gate. And, um, it's just a really special song to me. It's kind of like about the Lord but also like, Aaron also like, you know, yeah. Um, my other, Holy Ghost is like really fun and Ben Helson's guitar solo is just face melting and (laughs) (laughs) I love seriously talented man. Everything that man does. He's incredible. And there's some like Amy Grant-esque background vocals in the chorus that I love. And then um, my other favorite is probably Living on Your Love. It's probably the most like Peter Gabriel-ish Peter Gabrielish out of all of them, but the lyrics are. I, what's really funny is that I sang the demo in like a Food Lion parking lot while Aaron and I were like on our road trip. Oh he gosh. like ran into Food Lion, and I like sat in the car and like sang the. 
I hadn't totally figured it out yet. And I just like sang it in one pass in this like food line parking lot. And that was like the demo that we went off of for wow. um, the rest of it. But I, I think hearing all that, <laughs> Jesse would be super encouraging to other people that are like, yeah. I can't do this. I don't have a full studio in my house or I don't whatever. Like just that you guys sort of just went for it. Oh, you yeah. Know, with what you had and, and actually you love what you ended up with is so cool. Oh, for sure. If if I had like waited until I had everything in order, I wouldn't have an EP an EP <laughs> right now. Like even it's it's kind of all been like this little process of like saying yes. I mean, like the very first step was like, OK, God, like, I guess I'll do this. And, you know, now I have something that I'm like really proud of, which is like that feels like Yay. me and it feels like this 80s baby and it's totally worship to the Lord. It's awesome. You know, like it's totally like the my offering <laughs> into the world right now. Um, but yeah, it's totally that thing of starting small. Like I just kind of started with what I had. I was like, I have an iPad and it has GarageBand. And like, I think part of, and a lot of that was like a lot of those things that I really started with at first were the really magical things that like made it feel magical in the end, you know? Oh, back to living on your love. That one is the lyric does, isn't necessarily like very a to B, but um, it's not the most like narrative lyric in the world, but um, it's really special to me just because every single line is like this like little collage it feels like just like a collage of my life. Like these little moments like Aaron and I would have, or this moment of like, like a moment with the Lord or just like all these different things that that one's just like really special. And the strings are beautiful. And so cool. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, congratulations on all your hard Thank work. Thank you. <laughs> Doing anything for three and a half years is just astonishing. It's, and it's to hard. see it go from, <laughs> you know, star watching you, get through all the hurdles that are just involved in producing anything to it being released yesterday is amazing. And we just love it. We obviously bought a copy of the album because we totally want to support you. Guys, where can, so excited for you. Where can people get more Jesse early? Oh my gosh. Um, wherever music is streamed or sold. <laughs> um, you guys can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. Um, apparently you can find it on Amazon music. I've never used Amazon music, but it's there. It's there. Pretty, and the album is called? It's called Wild Honey. And Jesse Early, obviously the artist. Where can people follow you on social media? My personal favorite would be, <laughs> they can follow me on Instagram, um, at the Jesse Early. It's a little self-centered, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard, though, to come up with one that's easy to find and isn't self something yeah i don't know why you guys just didn't use your first name like me well you were an early adopter like so early so that nobody cool. knew it existed <laughs> it also helps that my parents give me an obscure welsh spelling right that's so true great. nobody's really looking for your name um yeah so you can follow me on instagram at the jesse early on twitter at the jesse early and on facebook well we loved having <laughs> you on the school we've loved watching you guys graduate we love you and Aaron you guys are amazing we love the new EP congratulations on all that thank hard work you. so exciting and thank you for taking time out your week to come share on our podcast oh this is the best <laughs> I'm an avid podcast <gasps> listener of, I I keep up with the Joneses yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Um, can I ask a question though? Yeah. Um, favorite Peter Gabriel song? Oh man. Really? With our last seven minutes, yes. we're talking about Peter Gabriel songs. I quit. Favorite Peter Gabriel. Um, In Your Eyes is yes. really good. Obviously. Yes. There's another one. Okay, so Michaela McLaird walked down the aisle to this version of Peter Gabriel doing a song by a different band, but it's called Mirrorball, and it just, it got me. Wow, it I haven't me. heard it's it. It's amazing. Okay. I'll look for In that. Your Eyes is is my jam, though. Right. You know. Totally a worship song. Yeah, it's yeah. 100% a worship song. Yeah. It's amazing. The Marvelous Jesse Early. You can find links to everything Jesse Early related in our show notes. You can go to our show notes at alanandaj.com slash 145. Also, we want to remind you that the More Conference is coming up on May 19th and 20th. And you can register for that by going to gracecenter.us slash more. We're super excited. We have Cale Mumby, a Canadian prophet, and two of Bethel Worship's worship leaders. Try saying that quickly. <laughs> Hunter Thompson and Callie Halligenthal. Yes. Would love you to come. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And then lastly, uh, applications are now open for the School of Supernatural Life, both year one and year two. So go ahead and head on over to, again, gracecenter.us slash school for more information about that. All right. We're hoping to be back next week, full of health, brimming with energy, ready to bring you more Keeping Up With The Joneses. Until then, have an amazing week. Goodbye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone, 